Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hello, everybody. I am Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the You Matter to Christ podcast. Today, I am with Anna Miroslavic, and she comes by way of Toronto. She's Croatian, former athlete for the University of Toronto, and then she joined a French club and played water polo. She became a coach at Biola University, so just an amazing background, played with some amazing teams, became the coach of an amazing team, and that's not even what we're going to talk about today, but we'll probably talk a little bit about it. So I'm very happy to have you on the show today, Anna. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much, Chad, for having me here. I'm excited to be here. And are you in Toronto at this moment or where are you? No, you said you're in Southern California or Northern California. Southern, California. Southern, yes. I'm in La Havre, which is closest to Disneyland, I'd say, in Anaheim. Yes, yes, yes. Our kids went there many a time. So speaking of Disney and kids, the way I like our audience to kind of get to know you is rewind the tape because a lot of who we are starts with who we are as a five and six-year-old and some of our first memories. Can you share a little bit about where were you at the time? What was your passion? What was your thing or the memories that you have as five and six-year-old? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but I like 10 and under those 10 years of my life are all kind of like (laughs) a blur, but the very distinct memories that I remember from my childhood are making pizza with my dad. And during the day he would stay home and we would always be making pizzas together. It was a highlight of my childhood for sure. And every summer my mom was a teacher. So she took me out to Croatia and splits. And that's where our family is. And we would spend all summer there. And that's where I learned how to swim, how to walk, like really everything kind of started there. And those summers, all I did was swim, like constantly in the water, splashing before I could learn how to swim. And then when I learned how to swim, eventually I was constantly in the sea. So those were definitely the highlight of my childhood. Wow, that's cool. I love the visual of making pizza with your dad. (laughs) That's very neat, right? Because it's interesting. A lot of times the memories that we hold dear to our heart are sometimes not the ones that you might think about on the surface. So it's important to kind of connect with that and understand what's important in our lives. You may know there's a gal that was on my sixth grade swim team, Amy Van Dyken, who's a five, six-time Olympic gold medalist in swimming. 
So I got to swim in the same pool with her when we were younger, but I went down a different path of lacrosse. She rocked it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Lacrosse. Very cool. So thinking about the five to six-year-old you, if five to six-year-old you came and knocked on the door and came in the room right now and sat down across from you and said, wow, great to see you again. We've done well. What do you think she might say about, oh, we're doing a little more of this or a little less of that? Or would there be any feedback how things are going from that perspective? Yeah, no, for sure. I think younger me would be very proud of my accomplishments and my journey. I think present me is very hard on myself and always wanting more and always thinking I could have done this better, could have done that better. So I think the biggest message younger me would have said is just relax, have fun, be happy with yourself. You're doing awesome. And definitely younger me was very impulsive. I didn't think I just did whatever I felt I did. Could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, right? You don't want to just impulsively spend a thousand bucks, right? But not that I do, but I think younger me would just tell me to think less, stop overthinking, just go with your gut. Go with your gut. I love it. So you've had a lot of really great experiences in your life. If you're like most books, <laughs> then there's always a chapter that is difficult in a season where maybe it's an injury, maybe an internal relationship with a family member, whatever. It could be anything. I call it the buzzsaw moment of life. Is there something you're comfortable sharing where you really hit something that now looking back has become a blessing? Yes. Something very recent comes to mind. It's very close to my heart, this experience. So started playing for the Croatian national team in 2019. I competed at the 2020 European Championships with them. And ultimately, I was not very happy with my own athletic performance because I felt I could do better. I felt like I didn't leave it all in the pool, which is something that my coach in college always used to say, just give it your 100%, don't hold back, and then you can be happy with your performance. And I felt like I was not leaving it all in the pool. I felt like I was always overthinking, always hesitating when I felt like I should do this or do that in the pool. And just ultimately my performance was not at my expectation. And so COVID hit after that and everything was kind of like paused for two years. So I literally sat there for two years, started to run which as a person that plays water sports is like unthinkable. All my friends were like, like, you run? Like, what has happened to you? So I ran because I was like, I don't know what to do with myself now that water polo is over. Like, And then ultimately I decided to compete again. At the time I was 26 when I decided I'm going to compete again at the 2022 European Championships, which is actually in Split in Croatia where like all my family is. So it was going to be like such a big moment. Like finally I can prove to myself that I have left it all in the pool, that I am good enough to compete at this level, that I can be proud of my accomplishments. And that was the goal. So I recently moved from Toronto to Southern California. And the biggest reason was I wanted to be like in a water polo environment. And for those listening that don't know, California is like the hub for water polo. It's really everywhere. And so I thought 
I want to be around water polo all the time. Like this is my last chance to compete at an international level. Like I'm going to be now I'm 27 turning 28. I'm like clock sticking. I can't do this all the time. So that was really my biggest goal. I trained really hard all year by myself. My fiance used to be a former swimmer and he spent every day with me teaching me how to be like the fastest uh, sprinter. Also, water polo players, fun fact, we hate swimming. When coach says goggles on, it's like the worst. So we hate doing the laps. And that was probably my weakest point. So I was like, I'm going to be the best at this. And I'm going to be happy with myself. And I'm going to go in feeling confident in my swimming. And so I trained hard. And this summer was the competition date, end of August. And three days before the tournament begins, we do COVID testing. And my COVID the test turns out to be positive, which seemed very strange to me considering, or actually probably very likely that it'd be positive since I just had COVID like two months prior. So I think that it still shows up in the testing a month, two months later. So it turns out I was positive via antigen test and I didn't believe that I had COVID. I had no symptoms. I was feeling the best ever. So I went and got further testing and I was negative. However, the national team refused to let me compete despite proving I was I was negative. So that experience really hit me. I was like, I trained all year for this. I kind of changed my career goals, dedicated all of my time and my mental training as well for this. To date, that was the hardest thing I've went through. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I can just associate it with other things that happen in my life that you think about where you think, man, I did everything necessary. And then such a tiny little glitch in the matrix changed everything. (laughs) You're like, I need to prove it. I was ready to get back on the horse. This was my time. One chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing. So obviously you have faith. How did faith play a role through those times? How does God show up for you in those times? Hugely. Like this experience, when it happened, I sat there and I was almost like at peace, if that makes any sense. I was obviously very sad and confused and angry and frustrated, all those emotions. But ultimately, like deep down in my core, my one emotion was like peace because I knew that this is happening for a reason. I knew that there's a bigger plan for me here. And ultimately, I think after reflecting about it for some time now, I think that I don't know, obviously, but I think that God is trying to show me that I don't need this tournament. I don't need that competition. I don't need this in my life to prove that I have done enough and that I can be happy with my accomplishments. So that's just my interpretation. I don't know, of course, but I definitely think that this experience has brought me so much closer to God. And just throughout all of my training, I struggle so much with imposter syndrome, thinking that I'm not training hard enough. I can be better. And throughout all of that training, I kept asking God for help and just reminding me, like, you're doing good. You're doing great. I know it's hard, but you got this. And I feel like I really, really lean towards God throughout this experience and after. So, and now it's brought me here. So, I mean, (laughs) talking with you, sharing this with you. So 
It's so powerful. There was a gentleman named Josh Bordner. He was the Boston College football team captain. I met him about probably 10 years ago. And he was supposed to play for the Detroit Lions. He went out, he did the training camp, and they said, uh, yeah, nope, sorry. And so then he came and interviewed for me as a salesperson, as an entry-level business development representative. And what I found in working with Josh Bordner is that his skill set, his mindset, his ability to outperform people in a sales role was far greater than anybody else. So we have this dialer at the company that I worked for, and anyone could log into it at any time. And Josh would come in at 6.30 in the morning. He'd call the East Coast, and you can dial 150 people in an hour. So one day, he delivered something like 2,000 dials. And the rest of the team normally at like 150 to 200. And so he booked more meetings. He became the superstar in the sales role because his God-given talent wasn't made forever to be on a football field. And so he was able to redeploy that skill set towards something that is amazing. So a lot of times I think when I talk to players on this show, I talked to a soccer player recently and he's in the moment right now where he's questioning, you know, I thought I was a soccer player for life. And now my identity, how do I redeploy that towards business and towards my faith and everything? I love what you're sharing with us here today. I heard you say that you, you know, when you prayed, have you heard from God before, like talk to you or through other people or how does he talk to you when you ask, ask him? When I was younger, really only when I started doing my grad school here at Biola, that's when I really started listening. And I think before that I was really disconnected with my faith. I would go to church because it was in my family's culture we would always go to church, but I never listened really. It was just like running through the motions. And only recently I really started to listen to what he's been saying. And absolutely, I hear him talking through other people. I hear him talking through things that happen just in everyday life. Definitely the biggest message I think for me has been through this experience with water polo. That's where it was like crystal clear to me, like, okay, I'm not playing in this tournament, even though I was 100% certain that this is going to be the best tournament and it's going to be the final closing chapter of my athletic career. But God has different plans. I just had to accept that and trust that it's the right thing. There's a guy who's in my company who trained for an Ironman, and then he went out and did the Ironman. In the run, it wasn't his strongest of the three, and he just wasn't able to finish. So the very next weekend, because he spent all this time training, the very next weekend, he went and did it himself in the pool in his town of Indianapolis. And he timed it all, and his girlfriend would be there at all the different stops. And so he was able to show himself that he was able to finish and complete. He just recompeted again, and he made world or something like that. It's a pretty cool finish to the story of commitment. I've kind of come to the understanding that audience of one is what matters, right? And God sees what we're doing and helps us to come to grips with everything that happens in our lives because it all happens for a reason. So when I point at, doesn't matter what my little sister thinks of me, it doesn't matter what someone, uh, like the rest of the world can have their own thoughts. All I'm trying to impress is God and he's already impressed because he made me. So there's nothing that I need to do to impress him or anyone. It's so hard in our society. Like we're always trying to impress others and 
keeping up with appearances, but really, just like you said, it doesn't matter. And I'm sure that the level of competition that God gave you, the genie in the bottle, is still the genie in the bottle. And it's now, how do I deploy that for things that truly matter to eternity? I had that at the fire pit. I'm trying to reconvene with him. A guy named Dr. Jim Wilder is a neurotheologist. He wrote a book called The Other Half of Church and many books. And so I had him at the fire pit and I said, how do you make good decisions? Because there's so many possible pathways you could choose. And he gave me this advice and he said, if you make decisions and optimize for the end of eternity, a lot of us have one-year plans, two-year, five-year, 10-year, and you write them down and you achieve them because you're an overproducer. But imagine if you could put down eternity on your plan and then start making decisions backwards to how do I impact the rest of eternity? That's a much bigger game than playing for a year or two years and five years. It involves other people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really enjoying the conversation. One more question, and that is, when you pray, do you pray daily, weekly, and how do you pray? You know, what does prayer look like for you in your life? Yeah, I think I pray in, in various ways, formally, you know, in church. But really, I think the best prayer to me is when I just drive and talk to God. It's my time. When I'm driving, I'm just talking. And honestly, it's kind of like word vomit. I'm just <laughs> venting like how I feel, my fears, my thoughts, just praying various things to him. And I think the most powerful time is when I'm just not thinking, how am I supposed to be praying the best way or what is the right way to pray? But it really, it's when you feel most comfortable and when you're not overthinking, you're just having a conversation with him. There's a book that I'm in the middle of. It's sitting right next to me. It's called Two Chairs, The Secret That Changes Everything by Bob Bodine. And apparently someone that I know knows this person, so I'm supposed to get introduced. It's about you sitting across from Jesus and having a conversation. And he doesn't care how you have the conversation. <laughs> like a lot of churches kind of said, well, you have to do this and then that. And it's a conversation, have a conversation. Exactly. Well, this has been a fabulous conversation. I'm confident that just like me, I have the same feeling sometimes, by the way, right? Where you get to a point in the imposter syndrome and how did I get to where I am? And it's all pretty normal for people that are competitors. And I just try to remember that God made me for a reason with the skill set. There'll never be another me. There'll never be another you in the history of the universe and in the future of the universe. And so leaning into that, I talked to a guy who wrote a book on love and I said, well, some people have strengths and weaknesses. He goes, no, 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 Chad, you don't, you don't understand. There's no weaknesses. It's perfectly planned. So it's not like you're a six in one area and a 10 in another. It's like, no, it's perfectly formulated for that purpose that that person is supposed to do in their lives and figuring out part of the journey is, okay, where do I redeploy who I am as a person in this world to have an impact for him? And for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident you've got this, and it's been very nice having you share today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Chad, for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, everyone, we've been talking with Anna Miroslavic from Croatia by way of Toronto, now living in La Hambra. And we are so blessed to have her today. So thank you, everybody, for joining. And remember, you matter to Christ. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. 
We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. Christ.